This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon Worth with you, as always, with my co-partner, Joseph Nagy, here in a little bit of a different setting, but we're still getting the job done, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back to the old the old virtual podcast for an episode or two. That's going to be some. I mean, throwback to summertime when we did like every episode on Zoom, and then when we had to go right from COVID when we got sent home, a little bit reminiscent. I mean, it's not as good as being in the studio, but, you know, content is content. We're going to get out to you guys regardless. Absolutely. So be on the lookout for more of these episodes coming up over break as we'll still have plenty to cover. And we got a loaded show for you today before we start Shout out to Bulldog Radio for making this possible. A great organization on campus. If you want to start your own podcast, y'all, first place you should go. Join the club. Figure out what you want to do for your podcast, whether it's music, news, politics, entertainment, culture, whatever it may be. And Bulldog Radio will make it happen. It made it happen for me and Joe. It can happen for you, too. Make sure to visit them on Bulldog Connect on my FSU. Anyway, first in the Fair State Sports Report, football will be the first to discuss for good reason. Another win. Big W. Absolutely. I... This last game was actually really good. That was probably one of the, I'd say, best football that we've played all season long, I think, against a really good Northwest Missouri team because they played – they came out pretty hot. They came out, like, raring to go. Of course, like, the scoreline didn't really show because we beat them by a good amount, but, like, their run game was really solid. We got – I won't say lucky, but I think they were just really surprised with how well we ran the ball, especially with them being like one of the best run defenses in the country. Like that's what their coach was saying in the postgame press conference is he's just like, we had to, you know, let it air out a lot sooner than we wanted to. And I mean, that's really the story of what it was. I mean, we had, what was it? Three or four interceptions. It wasn't like the greatest performance by, uh, by their quarterback with that. But I mean, when you're run heavy offense and you're really shut down with that, then you have to go to the air it's going to be a whole different game plan that you got to implement. And especially with us being able to really work on both throwing and running with Malik at the, at the helm of the offense, that was just a really big culmination of success. And we saw a big one or a big win. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest thing coming into this game, Northwest Missouri state had one of the best defenses in division two in the entire country coming yeah. into this game. And there was no question. They were a good team. We saw what they did to Harding, who is a very talented team called them. I believe only to three points, only one score in 60 minutes of play. That shows how good they are. And we saw it early. They gave us a couple fits after yeah, we got a little bit scary. I'm gonna lie. Yeah. We, we got them on the first drive and then they answered. And then there was really not much after that until late in the first quarter, they, they stalled us out a couple of times. And, but I mean, this offense did a great job responding. I mean, Malik did a great job leading the guys. And there was some times that we definitely gave up a couple opportunities. We gave, we had some false start penalties. We had some trouble with the snap at some points, a couple of fumbles. Yeah, uh, there was but, a couple of that. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, we never lost it. 
not like Northwest Missouri State did. They gave us the football four times, which certainly wasn't a reason why we ended up winning this game. We controlled the ball as well. And I think just the, the whole element of Malik being able to throw the football the way he does, I don't think they were truly ready for that. And the only reason why is because we saw, we saw Jared Bernhardt playing last week and how good he was doing against GV. And the fact of it is, like, they were probably scouting off that film. They, they, they had to have yeah. been scouting off that film to see what we were going to bring. And with us having Jared at the helm, as opposed to Malik, those are two different offenses. I mean, it's yeah. a similar scheme, but we know with Malik, like this passing game gets better with Jared. It's better on the ground, but with Malik, we can air it out more. We've saw a lot of deep wheel. We saw a lot of deep throws, a lot of deep shots down the field. And one of them worked out really nicely with that end zone grab by Xavier Wade. X factor. That was, what a great catch. That was insane. That what a beautiful catch. Pinpoint pass. Great catch. Getting the feet down. The, that was just a crazy one. That the whole Rob and Sandy were going crazy right in the in the room right next door. It was crazy. Oh yeah, it was a wonderful call as well as the Tyler Miner run, literally running up that the gut. That was insane. Getting completely stalled and then bouncing it to the outside and ended up taking it all the way. Looked like he had a little bit of struggle on the way there. I know. Uh, well, who was it? Coach Anise in the post game press conference saying, "I've never seen a running back try to call a timeout halfway through an 80 yard TD run before." Just because he was almost out of gas, but I thought that was funny. But shout out to Tyler and especially what he's the work he's done with us. You can check out that episode in the feed. But I mean, there was just a well overall game. Definitely a little bit of sloppiness, but I would agree with you, Joe. I mean, offense, defense, special teams played pretty well. Like it was a very complete performance. It wasn't necessarily as dominating as mm-hmm. Grand Valley, but certainly one that you can hang your hat on all the way across the board. Played a good good ball game. Beat a good caliber team by a fair margin. And there's still things we can improve on coming into this next weekend, Shepard. Yeah, for sure. And I really liked how you said uh, with, uh, you know, the differences between like the Malik and Jared offenses. I don't know. We talked about it already, but like the big thing is like you said with film, like a lot of these teams, like they're really looking at Jared and they were getting ready for Jared. Even before the playoffs started, like they thought we got a chance to play Ferris. We got to look at what they're able to do on the ground. And I mean, now that we have Malik, it's like, He's able to really use his feet to be able to do some stuff. But that's like the one thing is personally, I like Malik better as a quarterback just because of his versatility. But like Jared as well, just like when he gets to open field, it's just he's gone. So like that's Mm -hmm. the one thing is we're so versatile with that being with all that. And then when we get on the goal line, it's like Evan can come in and he's just really able to really like power his way through. That's what he's been able to do all all year when his number was called is he's on the goal line. He's going to be able to get in nine times out of 10. He'll be able to score a touchdown there. So that's one thing I'm really looking forward to. Like you said, with Shepard coming up this weekend, like they're coming to big rapids. It's going to be a big Tilly. Can't wait to be in the press box for it. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned Evan getting into the end zone and for the first score of the game, how many offenses do you know in college football in general that have so much success using three quarterbacks. I mean, this is just flat out special. (laughs) This is flat out special. I mean, I don't know an offensive, just a whole aura of a team that accepts having three quarterbacks at this high success level. I mean, these guys so unselfish, they know their role and they're willing to do whatever it takes. And that's a really good sign to see because it could go. I've seen plenty of programs in that all levels that have had something similar to this and it goes completely sour. Guys get selfish. 
and they want all the snaps for themselves. And this, this is different. This team is different and you're seeing why. And I mean, right now this, this offense, this defense, they're firing on all cylinders. I think the one thing I noticed out of this game um, specifically, I mean, we definitely had the, a little bit of the edge on the ground, you could say, 245 to 124. They actually accrued a lot of yards looking back on this game and looking at some of the stat sheets that I remember. Yeah. But we just, it seemed like the game for us, like we had 413 yards of offense, which is actually kind of low for what we've had the past couple of weeks. But that was just simply drives, it seemed like. I mean, we punted four times. There was a couple of times where we just went three and out. But if we got a first down conversion, we got them a bunches and we just kept rolling. It seemed like everything was either a touchdown or a field goal or a three and out. It just really seemed kind of strange that way. We've seen some be able to put some drives together and at least get a little bit down the field. There was parts where we saw that early, but when we got that first conversion, it was like, boom, there they go off mm-hmm. and running. And it's 10, 20, 30, 40 yards at a time. Then they're in the end zone. It was that cool of an experience just to see that. So, I mean, really dominant performance. And this what this next week's game is going to be fun. Shepard, the only team I believe right now in division two amongst our level of scoring, both of teams have averaged over 45 points throughout this season. And that's going to signify an offensive slugfest. Thanks to this reseed or reseeding, excuse me. I'm really interested to see how they do. They've taken down some perennial guys in their past. Obviously we're going to be watching school of mines and bell on the other side. Um, for sure, those that'll be a slugfest more unlikely on. I would I would say that's more of a not necessarily as heavy an offensive, slug, but those are two good offenses too. But that's more of like a defensive th- showdown, to be honest. Yeah, it's I wouldn't say it's like a complete defensive showdown, like on um, one game we're going to preview yeah. later on in the show. But I like it's definitely going to be a little bit more of a defensive slugfest compared to this game. This game might turn into a track meet, but. I mean, it's going to be super exciting. I mean, Shepard's got a great team. Uh, they definitely had success both in the air and on the ground this year. So they're going to be fun to watch. I'm ready for this team to attack them, and hopefully we get the win on top Taggart Field, baby. I rock the top. Let's go. Be there. Be square. Let's get the dogs to McKinney. I want to go, I wanna go to Texas. I want to go to Texas. I want to be <laughs> so down do there. I. I want to have some genuine Texas barbecue. While we go Heck in and yeah. win, win a game, get a rematch against Valdosta State. Let's go. I'm excited. I want to see it. Because this is a – if we don't win on Saturday, I've – to be fair, I don't know if – I like. I, it's this year a bust, really, I think. I mean, we'll be, we'll be able to compete and we'll be able to, like, really do some solid stuff. But, like, this is, like, the first year where it's, like, everybody in D2 is, like, yeah, Ferris makes the national championship this year. Like, everyone's going to make it there. Like, this has been, like, one of the only years. I mean, 2018, when we made it, we were like, oh, we we might be able to make it. We'll probably get to the semis or we might be able to get to the regional final. But national championship may or may not be in our in our reach. I mean, we had Jay Rue, who was absolutely insane. But, I mean, there was still a little bit of questions. But this year, I mean, talk, like, talking to a lot of people, that's, like, the first, like, undisputed time where it's just been like, yeah, Ferris, they're the top dogs. It doesn't matter. Like, even when the first weekend of, of play started and we weren't at number one, everyone's like – it doesn't say it, but everyone knows. Ferris at number one. Yeah, I think this is definitely the time to go. I mean, this is a complete team. And I think this, as much as Shepard has the ability to score the football, and they've done that quite a bit this year, there was a couple games I think they played earlier in the season where they reached, I think it was 59, 62, and 75 points. Yeah. And that's, you can, that could be a little scary. But on the other side, they also played Finley 
and it was a one score game. It ended up in yeah. a one score game. And we know what we did against Finley. And they really almost let it slip against number one seed Kutztown. They almost let it slip. They were up late. And then it took a, a Hail Mary miracle prayer to win. I don't know if you saw the video, Joe, but I mean, that game was wild at the end just to get to play us. So I, I really like our defense. I really do. I think our defense is big play. We've seen them turn the ball over against good teams. We hope to see it again this weekend. Coach Smith and Coach Hodges got that crew ready to roll, and they're going to be ready to attack this week at home. But we need everyone, everyone on deck to rock the top this weekend. Let's help our boys out, and we let's get them We know it's finals pack. week, but we don't care. You got to show up. You can take a break Saturday. Take a three-hour break for Sunday. Come on. Finals is next week. Hey, you I got, got a final this week. week. I got a final this week. I got a final this eh, week. That's true. I'm probably going to get my finals done this week. But yeah, anyway. Just take some time out of Saturday, 3.30 to 6.30, three-hour window, and let's send a team to a national championship. What do you say? Yeah. I think that's on, a good go goal. To tailgate, have some fun, get a bit loose a little bit, go to the game, watch some good football get played, you know? Absolutely. going to be a great time. Anyway, moving on over now, we'll jump into volleyball. Regional took place over this weekend. What a great one it was. Obviously not the perfect ending that we would have scripted, but nonetheless, an absolutely brilliant season. Our ladies finished in the regional final end up falling to the Hillsdale chargers three, one in the regional final. I was still an amazing tournament. I mean, we really had our hands full on against Rockhurst, which I, before we like get it too far into that, like, yes, they were an eight seed y'all, but they weren't an eight seed. I'll tell Rockhurst you that right is now. Ridiculous. That is was, not an eight seed. Well, like in that post game press conference, coach T was talking about, it's just like, they've like, we've met them a lot of times in, uh, like in the postseason and stuff like that. And Rockers has been like a perennially, just a perennially playoff team. And once you make the playoffs, it's like you really can't say you're going to be a team or you really can't say that you're going to lose to a team because Rockers, when they showed up, I was just like, okay, they got a little bit of height. They're not too crazy. And like when they were warming up, I was like, okay, they're all right. But then when it came game time, it was like a switch just flipped and they just really were able to match what we brought. And luckily we were able to, you know, best them three to two. But it was a closer game than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I I fortunately had the privilege of being able to call Pride goal and broadcast the game side by side with Harrison Watt for and it was such a cool experience. But off my broadcast charts that I looked up some of the facts on this team. Yeah, they won the Midwest Regional three out of the last five years and they're an eight seed. I think that already promotes them to a top five seed. That's how great their program is. The only reason they have, they were an eight seed was they had 20 wins flat, which by the way, they had 20 wins and they were an eight seed. Grand Valley had 17 wins. I believe if I remember correctly, and they were a six seed. So not saying there should have been foot flop, but that tells you the caliber of team this was. And also the only team in the region that we had not played this season. We had played University of Missouri, St. Louis. We had played Lewis already. We had played those other teams. So we had film on them. That yeah. was the only team we did not. So they gave us some curveballs, but we got through it in five sets. It was an exhilarating match. We ended up taking it to Missouri, St. Louis once again, 3-0 sweep on them for the season. And they had a great season. I mean, upsetting Lewis was definitely an accomplishment in their book, especially the fact that Lewis had got him two times before in the season going in. But Hillsdale's a great team. I will be honest and say Hillsdale and Michigan Tech were the, the two that I was going to be looking out for because those teams had played us tough this year. Mm-hmm. and. 
I mean, we we were able to sweep Hillsdale, but it wasn't like a complete domination game. I mean, they it gave was, us it was just on. it was just that game was really just like we were able to like it was a battle all three games. Like I think yeah. two of them went to extra points, and one of them was like we beat like twenty five to twenty three. Like it was it was a hard fought the whole way through. Yeah, and I mean, they were ranked earlier in the season. I believe they were ranked 17th in the top 25 AVCA poll uh, early on in the year when we played them. And I think they finished in the top 25 after the campaign was over. They went undefeated in the GMAC. They had a fantastic, fantastic team. I mean, they did a great job. And frankly, there was they took away a lot of our offense. I mean, we went into the Rockers game with... Uh, we were just absolutely hammering volleyball. Uh, we ended up having, I believe, a 0. .306 hit percentage against Rockhurst, 0. .354 against Missouri St. Louis, and then it went down to sub two at 0. .192 against Hillsdale. They threw up a great game plan against us defensively, countered beautifully. Mm-hmm. I mean, their back they, line they, is crazy. Their their back line did a great job. They really were doing a great job digging and really letting nothing hit the floor. I mean, they had they had a talented roster. I mean, Allie Weiss. Carolyn Shelton, those guys, those I should say, those ladies played well all weekend. So, I mean, hats off to Hillsdale, but hats off to our Bulldogs for a fantastic season. I mean, the seniors, thank you. This team was phenomenal to watch. And I know it wasn't as far as they wanted to make it, but I don't think they truly, I don't think they truly have, or like, I mean, no one, really, given, no, one really, no one has given them the credit they deserve. Yeah, that's what no I was one really thought. Like, this was a team when it first came in the season, it's like, we might win 20 games. Like, it was definitely an off year for, like, a lot of what a lot of people thought it was going to be. Um, but then we were able to just really come in out of nowhere. We got, what, 23, 24 wins or so in the regular season? I mean, we were sub-500 to start off, like, our first kind of push that first, like, week or two. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're going to go on a 21-game win streak real quick. Let's sure. see what happens. And then Easy money. Getting to the regional final against a Hillsdale team who last year had two All-Americans on the, on the team who are yeah. still there. I don't know if they're going to get All-American this year. They probably will. But two All-Americans on that team and a back row that literally, if the ball was within five or six feet of them, they weren't going to let it hit the ground which is ridiculous. And for us to be able to steal a set from them and for us to be able to really compete for three out of those four mat for three out of those four sets. That's one thing that's I, you really got to give kudos to those ladies because they played with a lot of intensity. They played really well against a Hillsdale team who kind of, I, I was pretty stunned that they were able to shock Michigan tech and be able to beat them. And for them to come in out of nowhere, especially at what were they? The four, three seed, four seed. Hillsdale was the three seed. Tech was the two seed when those the two three teams seed faced. To be able to, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Hillsdale was able to beat the two teams that were ranked above them. And I mean, they just played incredible bar girls. You know, they've had an amazing season. Coach T did a great job with them. And then, I mean, Katie O'Connell, Sam Herman, uh, Nina Gorgievsky, and all those seniors. It's incre- incredible what they've been able to do this season. Yeah. I mean, Katie, Nina, Sam, Audrey Bolina. Thank you. I mean, you really, this was a fantastic season. It was really special. And I really, really thank them for bringing us along for the ride. It was just a fantastic season. And I mean, congrats to coach Tia as well. Her 700th collegiate victory 
found out by yours truly. I did a lot of math to dig that one up. Let me tell you what. And I probably did it five times to make sure I was correct. I mean, it was, it's just a fantastic accomplishment. Shout out to her because I mean, it was just a fun season and next year we're going to be looking at this team in a new building. How exciting is that? It's going to be fun. If the program's going nowhere but up and, it's certainly going to be a great ride. I mean, yeah. it was fun. Well, I mean, the program's already been up, but I mean, it's just still going to go up from here. Yeah, now it's going yeah. even more up. We got a lot of promising young talent. I mean, Olivia Henneman Delape really showed what she was able to do this year as a as a freshman. She's been lights out, really good at really good at what she's been able to do. I mean, Kaylee Mont at the center or at the setter, excuse me, not center. I'm thinking of basketball, but <laughs> center, she's just be able to be really well. And we got a lot of a lot of players who you know they didn't get a lot of time this year, but I think they're really going to be able to step up. And especially the new group of recruits coming in, I, this team is going to be scary good for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, the group of freshmen this year set up huge. I mean, you already mentioned Kaylee Mott, um, Keona Salesman as well in our COVID freshman season, Claire Nowicki, uh, Olivia, just like you mentioned. I mean, we got a lot of talent that played this year. Connie LaBelle was in there as well. And a couple of returners that could be coming back pending on their decision um, to play for a potential fifth year. It's going to be fun. I, I mean, this team's looking very promising. Already got recruits coming in, I think, at least three to five already. And that's just before this team even made it this far this year. So there could be more on the way. But speaking of basketball, Joe, I know you're ready to jump the gun to talk about that epic basketball proportional uh, oh, this weekend. And by proportionate, I mean, there really was none on the opening night for the men's side. We ended up. I think we had too much fun when we scored, uh, I think it was, was it 124 the first, or was it the first or second home game of the year? Yeah, you I think we enjoyed when, uh, that too much. We needed another one at 120 to 77 over Purdue Northwest. I mean, just another think, 120 burger, that's fine. Yeah, I think when you have a, a weekend where you score 211 points, or sorry, 200, or was that 221 points? Uh, just in the span of two games, ridiculous. And that's for an average them, of triple digits for both. For both of them to be on or like hold the teams under or over a twenty-five point margin, which is ridiculous. Like that's just one thing that I just don't. We just played lights out. Like our shots were falling early. We were able to play really well there. I mean, our defense was really solid. Of course, Purdue Northwest and Wisconsin Parkside aren't really the top of the men's side. But regardless, to be able to show up this, I mean, especially facing the adversity that they had to have, they got moved to Big Rapids High School. It's a new gym. I mean, we haven't played there since, what was it, like the early 2010s or something. So none it's of been a guys, while. None of these guys have really ever been there to be able to move back there to a gym where – you're not really comfortable. I mean, you get a week to – like, I don't even think they got a week to practice because they didn't know what they were going to be doing at, at first. So be mm-hmm. able to go in there, be able to really show out and do some really good stuff. I think that really shows credit to Bronco as a coach, our players' character, what we're able to do when a little bit of adversity comes our way. If we're able to step up like this, I can't wait for what the rest of this regular season has to offer. Yeah, I mean, this was a dominant performance. I mean, two 60-point halves in that opening Thursday game was just phenomenal. We shot 45% from beyond the arc and we only went 10 of 17 for free throws. Joe, that can mean we could have added seven points, potentially 127 points. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, this game 
certainly showed our offensive capabilities when hot. And that's why I truly believe um, I think that going into the second game after this game on Saturday, that they, the rankings committee moved us up into 20, 23, I think it was. I think after this weekend, I think that we could be looking at potentially top 20. And I think that this offense certainly has the firepower to be one of the best in the country. What we've seen, I haven't seen any too many other schools put up 120 in a, in a regulation game. So that already can show us for ourselves. But I mean, this team really did a great job. And I mean, they really did a great job against Parkside. I mean, we found ourselves in some holes in that Saturday game. And I mean, it's tough to play on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, I believe they tipped off at about 430. It was just a really tough, like it's a tough start time. That's a tough start time to really get geared up and ready to go. And I mean, they took it to us for a little bit, but we, the guys did a great job bouncing back. I mean, really had the ability to make a change. I mean, they had us, I believe, if I remember correctly, early in the second half, I, I think it was tied at halftime at 39 apiece. Yep. And then I think they it was getting pretty close at the beginning of the half. And then we ended up just rolling it out the rest of the way. We flipped the switch. Defensive intensity went through the roof. And it was just a great thing to watch. And I mean, this team has so much firepower. We saw Vayas had 12 points in this game and Ben had 15 off the bench to provide a spark. Ethan Erickson had nine as well. I mean, this team has so many ways to score the basketball and that's such a useful tool because we've seen a lot of teams that have been able to score the ball a lot of the time. And by the way, going into this game that we talked about last week, Trey Croft v. Walt Kelser battle for the top points per game in the CLIAC. Yeah, Walt won that battle, folks. He had 19 in this one. And Trey Croft only had nine. I think the clamps did the job defensively. But it was a great game. The second game, we beat them on the boards. We turned the ball over a little bit more than we probably would have liked to, but we made it up with efficiency, shooting the basketball, and really got the job done. We really did a great job, and we're undefeating Liak play, and we're going to be moving on to next week, and hopefully we keep that rolling against Northern. Mm -hmm. especially with two i mean michigan tech coming up as well there one of the top teams in the gliac i mean i think it's michigan tech uh, or i think it would be us michigan tech and grand valley or something because i know grand valley is ranked i think like 24 or 25 yeah 24 uh in the national d2 rankings so far and michigan tech isn't on the uh uh, rankings yet I would I say yet because most likely they're going to be able to yet. make a push uh, late season like they always do so it's going to be a really good early season test being able to get our first really kind of road trip uh, when it really matters I mean we had Hillsdale earlier I mean who is an incredibly good basketball team and being able to drop a 30 spot on them uh, I mean 80 was it 89 to 58 was that score and to be able to go into a pretty hostile environment that's really shows a test of what we've been able to do uh, when we get a little bit uncomfortable. So these two games going to be pretty good. I mean, it's the start of a three game homestand and then we're back uh, I think next week or the week after I know it's after Christmas is when we come back home. So that's going to be a pretty good one as well. I don't know if how many people are going to be there, but we'll see. I yeah. think you, I think you and me might have to take a trip back to old big rapids so we can help athletics out on that one. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it on that one. I'll be able to watch this team play 100%. Yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty excited to see what happens this weekend. And uh, I mean, women's two are going to be at the same spot. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Going over to the women's games, uh, two dubs again. I mean, 
this team just keeps rolling. It's been fantastic to see what Coach Westendorp has done with his team. I mean, getting the 10-point win against Purdue Northwest and a 15-point win against Parkside. And I mean, we're looking at a team last year that was fighting at the middle of the road that wasn't not as experienced as a lot of the other teams in the GLIAC, especially a team that you just mentioned, Joe, in Michigan Tech, who really was dominant on the women's side last year. But right now... I mean, looking at the standings, I see a dog at the top of the list. That tells you how good this team is. We're 2-0 in conference play, 8-1 overall. That's the best in the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Association Conference, y'all. Come on. This team is rolling, and it is so fun to see. I mean, the fact of going through the same things as the men, they had to change up the game plan. And really, all the pregame stuff, we had to move this game to Big Rapids High School. That's tough to do. And they really didn't seem like it affected them too much. I mean, obviously the scoring was a little bit down. New rim, all, new lights, especially the new lights. I don't think people realize how different the Big Rapids High School lights are than a lot to the other yeah, ones. They're, it's like, they're, it's like spotlights. It's, it's, it's so they have weird. The, they have the thing where like the lights shine down like on the, uh, on yeah, the court. It's like it's, yes. more, it's like the, the seating is like not in the lights at all. It kind of looks like whatever reflects off the court. So, like, you, it's just like all eyes are on you. But it's just weird when, like, you're able to get the ball because the lights are shining, like, from the side of your eye, kind of at, like, a top or an angle rather than, like, straight down. So, it's, like, a mm-hmm. little bit different to, different to get used to. Yeah, it's really hard. I know I've played there a couple times. I know Joe's played there a couple times. It's a tough thing to adjust to. But JV basketball, I mean, baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but we out-rebounded them. We took care of the basketball. We didn't necessarily shoot as better, but that's just more room for improvement. I mean, we really had a troubled time shooting the basketball the first game. I believe we were at like 23% from three, um, sub 50% overall from the floor in that opening game. But I mean, we responded back very nicely against Parkside. We shot the ball better up to 37% from three, almost 50% from um, just overall field goals. And we we turned Parkside over more. And we really got back to scoring and ended up putting 87 on the Rangers. So, I mean, it was, it was something special. We had all four starters end up scoring over 15 points in that second game. Chloe, Adrienne, Caden, and Mallory were those four. And Zoe Anderson also added six points and three boards as well. It was a really fantastic game just to be able to see these, be able to see this team just evolved to a whole nother level this quickly. Like we, we usually you see new teams take a little bit more time. You've seen a lot of the players that have came in. It just seems like, boom, they're ready to go and ready to rock and roll. The chemistry is already, already really high. And that's an amazing yeah. thing to see. That is very, very, very good. And we just really can't wait to see this team keep rolling because right now people are sleeping on them right now. I'm not going to lie that people are sleeping on them. And we're going to be ready to when we get to face the heart of the GLIAC here coming up when we come back from break. But I mean, you got to be really happy with where this team is right now because they're doing things across the board much better than we've seen last year. And we're only in the first months of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially being able to see our teams play in person again is really great to see. And I mean, we've just been able to really score, like, I'd say in bunches, but like, 
It's over such a prolonged amount of time. Like, it's not really like we get hot or we get cold. Like, we're able to have a consistent amount of scoring throughout the whole game and and the ability to be able to just kind of, like, control that aspect and not really get too cold or not really get shut down and get affected by those runs that other teams make, I think is a big thing that's really, uh, you know, going our direction and going our way. And I think that's one thing, too, coming up now, especially with Michigan Tech being also one of the top women's teams in the GLIAC, too, like, I'm really excited. This is going to be a great test of where we're going to be able to do and see some see some more adversity come our way. And I mean, if we're able to really you know show up, show out, be able to play our game, I mean, get the ball down low, swing it out, kind of be able to open up the floor. There's no telling what this team can't do this weekend. Absolutely, we're going to be excited to watch them. They're going to be with the, I believe they're traveling with the men's team as well. Correct. Um, yes. This upcoming weekend, they're going to they're be traveling up to, north. Back to how it you how it used to be. Yep. So they'll be traveling the double header. So they'll be up in the UP this weekend. We wish them the best of luck and you can always check out the results at fairstatebulldogs.com. Anyway, finally wrapping up the Ferris State Sports Report. The streak is over. Eight losses in a row. See you later. We didn't even know you. We got the W on the ice. Lake Superior yes, State. No, sir. I got a little confused because I didn't know where you're going with it. Or I was like, what sport oh. do we have to talk about? That's lost eight straight, but then I forgot that's that's uh, hockey. Yep. And we broke the streak. We flipped the script in the third period. We finally did it. Oh my goodness. It was such a great feeling. I wish I would have been there to see it in person. But the funny thing was looking back at the stats from this game. And I got to hear a little bit of it um, with, of course, Harrison Watts, Scott, Condra, or Scott Kendra did a great job on the call. We ended up, I believe we lost the face-off battle in the second game and we won. And it was flipped in the Friday game. We won the face-off battle and ultimately lost. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that was the direct factor, but I'm just reporting the interesting things that I found from that game. And that was one of them. And I think it just came down to their goaltender did a great job on Friday mm-hmm. and we, Insane. we did a better job shooting the puck on Saturday. Exactly. Yeah. When uh, I was talking to Bob Daniels after, after the game and then when he was doing uh, the post game press conference, it was pretty interesting to see. He's like, cause he kind of has been like what we've been reiterating this whole time. It's like, we have lost eight games in a row, but like they're not bad losses. It should no, be more like four all. and four, kind of a five hundred split. But we've just been on the on the bad end of a lot of those kind of game changing shots. I mean, Michigan Tech when we lost six to four, that was tied and pretty close throughout the whole game. Other than that empty net goal, that really kind of set apart the play. I mean, Northern Michigan in the or OT loss should have been a win. Michigan Tech or Michigan State, excuse me. Those both should have been wins. We played extremely well. And for us to finally really be able to show up against a Lake Superior State team who's been able to really do some damage, I'd say, uh, kind of shake up the shake up the leaderboards in the CCHA a little bit is a big thing, especially with who uh, or our history with them and what we've been able to do. I mean, with the return of Jake Willits coming to town, being able to st- uh, be able to split one with them is pretty good as well. So we played extremely well. I mean, offense was clicking. Uh, Logan Stein was incredible again, as always. I mean, we were just on all cylinders firing. I mean, there wasn't really too much that we weren't doing weren't doing well. So. Second, first game, a little bit rough. Second game, a lot better. Yeah, Four. I think the biggest the biggest thing was we got better the second game. We we really did. And I think it was being, making those adjustments. That's something that we did. We've really done, I think, overall, like all, 
the last month is that every game that we've played, we've played better. Uh, I mean, the Canisius series we did. Northern, we played better the second time around, almost came up and beat him. Michigan State, we f- should have beat them the second time around after they beat us in East Lansing. Michigan Tech was probably the only one we didn't, and that was one of our our not. Or let me let me rephrase that. Not one of our best performances overall the entire season on that on that second doubleheader up in Houghton. But I mean, we bounced back really well, and especially on our home ice, I think that was a big, big little, big little confidence raiser i would say yeah. just having having the fans there and saying hey we can still we can still win some games because i think a lot of a lot of people are down because i mean we were doing it we we got the opening split to start the year we beat st thomas we upset minnesota state in heroic fashion and then this 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 tide of just the turntables hitting us really i think just took a toll on this fan base i really do think it did and it's tough i mean it really is to snap a skid like that but you got to give the boys credit. They bounced back and what a great weekend to do it with everybody in attendance coming back over from volleyball and getting a little cheer me up. So that was, that was really cool to see. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, we got Bowling Green State coming up as well, which is going to be a pretty good game. Bowling Green's usually a team that's been perennially uh, a pretty solid, solid squad. So I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. to see what's been able to do with that. But I mean, we just got uh, the, I mean, later second half of the season is coming up. It's going to be a tough one. It's not going to be the easiest. Uh, but I think the guys are just ready to really, really show up, show out, and play some good hockey because we got a lot of good teams coming our way, and it's uh, up to us to be able to really right the ship. We got to. It's a really great chance to right the ship right now to be able to play mm-hmm. some solid hockey. You got the heart of the CCHA coming up, Minnesota State coming up for a rematch again. We're going to be in Mancota, so that's going to be even tougher. I mean, St. Thomas coming up again. Those should, those have a chance to be some two wins that can really get us back on track. And, I mean, it's not going to be easy by any means, but, you know, it's just a conversation that the guys got to have with each other to really step up, show out, play the hockey that we know we can play because we've beaten, you know, Minnesota State. We've been able to hang with Michigan Tech. We've been able to hang with Northern Michigan. Bowling Green coming up. Haven't seen them yet, but nonetheless, I mean, if these guys show up, I don't, I have no doubt that we'll be able to compete and we'll be able to win some games. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you just mentioned uh, Bowling Green's going to be our, our last opponents before going over to for break. But I mean, we're looking at this as a winnable series, I would say. I mean, they've played competitively. They they got Lake State both times. They lost to Northern Michigan. I mean, they played St. Thomas, I think, a little closer than they would have liked. And I mean, they tied and barely snuck out against Miami. And that was a team that we ended up splitting with. So on paper, it's win- it's winnable. I mean, they're gonna they're a better team than their record shows. I would say that for sure. But I think we are too. That's the biggest thing. So it's going to be a fun one. I mean, going to be at Bowling Green. We're going to see how this team does on the road. I mean, it'd be really nice to get our second road win of the season. Or excuse me, fourth. Or uh, try again, third. Oh, I'm already planning. I'm really, I'm really planning. You're, you're, you're manifesting. I'm, I'm you're manifesting it. That's good. I am. I should stop. So I, I would, I would love to see us sweep Bowling Green on the road going into break. I mean, that'd be huge, especially the fact that we got, we got the number one team in the country coming after the new year. So that's going to, that'd be a huge momentum booster. So we'll get to see our buddy Cole Norris again, and hopefully we can, 
We can hand him in the Falcons two L's. That'd be pretty sweet. Nice Christmas present. But we hope the boys play well. And that's what we want to see. But that's going to do it for the Fair State Sports Report. Make sure that you can subscribe and follow to not miss out on any Fair State Sports coming up with the podcast. And of course, follow us at the NBSP on Instagram and Twitter for more. Anyway, moving into the rest of our show. Of course, we got to talk about college football and the Michigan Wolverines, baby. Michigan Wolverines, you dirty dogs. Big 10 champions. How fun is that to say? Jeez. We really, oh dude, when they, I'll tell you what, we were watching this during the middle of the hockey game. I had it on my laptop. Like we were trans, like every time, like the free hour on Fox sports, like went up, we were just like, okay, pull it up somewhere else, pull it up somewhere else. Like we got to get it going. (laughs) I was able to watch, uh, you know, the, 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 the great pass, uh, the quorum run where, uh, McCarthy just zoomed past him and blocked for him. What a dog he is. And then I, mean, I was a little bit nervous when it was 7-3, but nonetheless, we were able to come out, show up, show out. I mean, I knew I had no doubt we were going to be Big Ten champions, but now it's up onto the up onto the national championship uh, run that we got to make. So just doing business is really what it is. It's a business trip. But, yeah, absolutely, Joe. I mean, I watched this game from beginning to end. And, of course, I had my my phone next to me here in the hockey broadcast at the same time. So there were some parts where I missed back and forth. But, uh, obviously, you can't multitask too well. I got to work on that. But, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, the Donovan Edwards pass caught us all by surprise. It was amazing. Kind of got a little bit of stagnant there for a little bit. They kind of gave us bit. a couple looks. We were, what, we were what, two quarter or a quarter and a half without scoring? Oh, a little bit. But that defense is very, very good. Iowa's defense is flat out one of the best in the Big Ten and one of it's the best why, in the it's country. Why they're there. It's why they're there at the yeah. championship game, really. Exactly. So uh, they don't show it necessarily on paper, but I, it, it really is. But this was a huge win for this Michigan program after the Ohio state win, getting the big 10 championship that saved Michigan football. I don't, I don't care what anybody says that saved Michigan football right there. Because when you go into the big house with the maize and blue, your expectation is to be on top of the world, biggest stadium, biggest stage, Ann Arbor. That's what it is. And when the fact of it is you're getting beat by Ohio state, you're getting beat by little brother and Sparty. Those are tough things to go into a program like, yeah, am I willing to commit to this when I know? Because that's where people were at. Like, we know that these other teams are going to beat them. Like, yeah, that's just that's just what the narrative was written to be able to beat them and stand on top of the world. And for Jim Harbaugh to laugh at everybody else after he was going to be fired in the spring to be like, hey, what do you think now? That's hey, just a, the ultimate drop the mic moment. And of course we hope that this gets going all the way to a national championship, which our first matchup shouldn't be who that is matched up with us, but we'll get that into a minute. Joe, what are your thoughts on them? Oh, wait, on what the national championship or just Michigan? No, that just the Michigan culture change. We're in a good spot. I think this is a really good time where we were able to change it up. It, I think it's good for Harbaugh to see like what changed and what he needs to continue changing so that way we can really start showing up and show up. I hope he learns from like the mistakes and what he needs to fix. I think uh especially cuz McNamara is a super senior basically, right? Like he's out after this year. Um I he think he's junior. I think he's technically a junior. So I think see, he I don't has know one how more. good that 
that's the thing. It's like exactly you see how good uh, McCarthy played in the. I mean, and you see his potential with being able to be a dog and going out and blocking for his guys and being able to show off that speed and being a five star recruit. You don't want to waste that talent like we have with other quarterbacks that have transferred out that have the potential to be guys who can lead our teams to future success, but. I mean, you have McNamara, who was able to play incredibly well against Ohio State and incredibly well against Iowa and being able to get those wins. So it's kind of like the give-and-take situation of what are you going to build on and how are you going to go moving forward. If J.J. and uh, and Cade can really buy into this two-quarterback system and be able to share time and be able to play well, we're going to be scary. We're going to be scary good for the next couple of years because those two guys are really unpredictable with what they're able to do in their skill set. And, I mean, those guys can really do some do some damage. But I love where Michigan's at. I think we have a really good chance to really build on this and become a dynasty for the next couple of years and really bring Michigan football back to – Back to a spot where we can really claim to be the most winning, the winningest football team of all time and really kind of change the culture when we have to play teams like Michigan State, when we have to play teams like Penn State, Ohio State, and really get better at those rivalry games because these guys are really showing out. But first, got to get through yeah, Georgia. Now it's going to be a big one. What are your thoughts on that, Brandon? Yeah, um, going into the the committee selection here, one through four, Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati, followed by Notre Dame and Ohio state in the five, six spots as the first two out. But looking at this, these matchups are very intriguing. I'll say that first. I mean, you got the number four and number seven best scoring offenses playing each other. Alabama's four Cincinnati seven. And then you got two of the top four scoring defenses in football. And that's Georgia at number one. And Michigan at number four. So when you look at those, these are going to be great matchups. Yeah. My my slight beef is with how this is laid out. When you had Alabama beating Georgia in a dominant fashion, you were like, okay, they're going to go to number one. Why is that automatically put in every time? You know, yeah. because I understand the fact that Alabama beat the number one team in the SEC championship soon. Championship game. I get that. I 100% get that. And there definitely can be deserving of a number one seeding conversation. 100%. But my thing is like, why is the narrative like, oh yeah, they just won. And now they're in to the number one seed because they beat the number one team. My, like, this doesn't really, this, this totally shows me SEC bias with the playoff committee and you can't ignore it. I mean, I don't care what anybody says about it. It's like, oh, it's, it was fair. 100. It's like, when, because Georgia still made it in, you could have put Notre Dame in there. I would have hated that, but theoretically, you could have. I mean, here's the thing: Bama, the the end of the season was not better than Michigan. Can no. we agree? Not even yeah, close. I agree with that. Our, I don't even think it was truly that comparable because Michigan got through Penn State. That one was a little closer than we'd like, but we had beaten them. We've beaten them pretty well early on in the game. We beat Ohio State. Not only beat them, beat them. We dominated them in the big house. And then we beat the brakes off of Iowa. Beat the brakes off. Who some people have said that was where our run was going to end. Wrong. But Alabama had lost to AM earlier in the season, which everybody remembers that very vividly, ironically. Yeah. Then they go, they beat Ole Miss at home. 
Then they played Southern Miss. They played Mercer. Almost lost at Florida. At four, the six and six Florida team right now. That is yeah. absolutely out of control. And then they had to. Then they played Miami. I'm and oh my goodness, they played LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas. They almost lost Auburn. They probably should have lost. Yeah, because it's they another didn't play better. It's they another conversation. It's another conversation. Is like, what is the set criteria that you judge things off of? Because if you go with teams that got you that you beat or got beaten by in the past, like in or earlier on in the year, then it's like Michigan should be number one right now because yep. we we only lost to Michigan State, who at the time was a seven, right? Yep. When we were five. Mm, somewhere in that ballpark. Two top 10 teams playing each other, regardless. Yeah. And it's a pretty close game. And then for you to say, oh, Alabama just gets in because they beat the number one speed seed. But it's like when you look at everybody else that they played, yeah, they had the blowouts. But like you said, they were – Florida was hanging with them. I mean, they didn't have the greatest performance against Auburn. And then when you go into the next champ- – or when you go into the SEC championship game, it's like, yeah, you won, but are they really deserving of that number one spot? Maybe two. I'd say three. Like I think you what what should have happened was Georgia, Alabama, two and three. However, they're not going to do that because it's just going to be SEC SEC championship v two. However, why not? That, yeah. That's just the way the cards fall. That's just how it happens. You can't really knock it because that's just like if you didn't want to have that happen, then like Georgia, you wouldn't have lost to Alabama. Or if Alabama's pissed that they have to play Georgia, should have played better throughout the whole rest of the season. Like they should have beat the, they should have beat, uh, or like they should have played good and been able to be the undisputed number one. But Georgia was just that much better. And now you have, I mean, Michigan. I'm not mad that we're playing Georgia. Would I have preferred to play Cincinnati? Yeah, I would have much mm-hmm. rather preferred to play Cincinnati. However, like now that we're playing Georgia, it's gonna be like it's gonna be a tougher game. But now it's like Alabama is just, I want to say gifted. But now it's like okay, now you gotta go play Cincinnati, who. I do not think it's going to be able to handle that offense. Most likely not. I mean, it's might be no. It's they're just going to get ran over. They get thrown over. It's going to be an offensive shootout, if anything. If Cincinnati is able to stay in this game, but the thing is, is like, how are you able to justify Alabama being number one when only they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game in a not very, uh, how would you say it, in a not very neutral site. I mean, yeah. it's you have you have fans of Alabama and fans of L and Georgia all over the south of the U.S. So it's not like you got a, a better better team or you got a better fan base that's coming along. You're in a spot where really anything can go. It's an SEC championship game. Anytime it's a championship game, it's always going to be tough sledding for both teams. And I don't know. That's the one thing that always gets annoyed. I mean, we talked about it already with how bonkers and sideways and upside down the SEC or the. Uh, CFP committee is, but I don't know. I wish that they didn't get put at number one because I don't really think they deserve it, but you also can't really knock it because it would have just been Georgia versus Alabama V2. So it happens. Yeah. And the fact of it is, is when this was released, not 10 minutes after it was released, the committee comes out with a statement that said, uh, yeah, we didn't we didn't factor in the idea of a rematch in that decision. Bull you're roar. telling Bull you're roar. tell 
you're telling us this 10 minutes after when it reportedly wasn't asked. Wait, that means you were thinking about it. That's that's reversed. And yeah. no, absolutely. You're telling me that you had a whole committee of some of the best football minds and you didn't have that idea that, yeah, they're going to they could potentially fit because there was argument that Cincinnati should have flipped on top of Georgia and Georgia should have been four because in reality, Georgia's the only team in this group that's not a conference champ and has not beaten a 10 beat or 10 win team. Their best win yeah. was, I think, Kentucky. And that was nine. They're nine and three. And Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, who had 11 wins. So that would have made the argument of Cincinnati could have been going to three, then we would have been playing Cincinnati. And I, th- okay, okay. I think that the, everybody now is saying like, oh, he's going all home run Michigan. I'm not saying that 100%. I'm a Michigan fan 100%. If we would had to choose who we were going to play, would we play Cincinnati? Yes, because that's our best chance. That's just, that's just logic. That's just factual. But that's just what, what I'm saying is, don't put the name brands immediately over top of teams before you see all the facts through. And of course they're going to say that and everything, but the whole thing going into this game was no matter what Michigan could have done against Iowa, the Alabama was going to flip them because they played number one. That was the whole narrative in the whole game that was taught multiple times by Joe Klatt and Gus Johnson that it was impossible. We literally beat the brakes off of them and it wasn't going to mean anything, right? How is that fair? Like, that's the whole reason that you wanted to play that game and play that game so well was to potentially yeah. get that Big Ten championship and up your rating. Those are two reasons. And now you're saying there was no chance? What's that supposed to do? Like, what are, what are we supposed to do? Like, oh, if Alabama's in the playoff, good luck. Like, because you're, you're going to get downgraded. What's that supposed to do? That's not going to do anything. That just makes you worse. It's it's such a hypocritical. I don't don't know. I don't know if hypocritical is the right word for it, but that's the word I'm going to use because I can't think of anything else. But it's like, they're like, here's why we put Alabama in. And then it's like, well, if that's the case, then why didn't you put like other teams in? And then they're just going to like kind of backpedal on their reasoning. They're like, no, the the rematch didn't really take a a factor into it. And it's like, well, it did. You just don't want to mention it because everybody will scream. That's just a whole bunch of malarkey that you said. Oh yeah, they. We don't want to see a rematch. I would have loved to see a rematch. Everybody would have. In a college football playoff, a Georgia team who wants redemption for a terrible game that they played, an Alabama team who's not had the best, not had the best season. I mean, it's Alabama, and like when they have a season or whatever. But it's like. You want to see an Alabama team have show like, yeah, we might have a down season, but we're still Alabama. And you want to see a Georgia team have some redemption. That would be a great game. So I don't know why you would think that not having the rematch, having a rematch would be bad. I don't understand that. Which the reason is because they more want to see it in the national title game. Is that yeah. not SEC bias or what? Yeah, that's exact. Yeah, exactly. That's so dumb. It's like. I would much rather see them trying to get to the national championship game because it's just like you're saving it anyways. I mean, I think Michigan has a good chance against Georgia. It's going to be a great game to watch. But, like, it's just very annoying when they say, like, oh, yeah, we don't have SEC bias. Or they're just like, yeah, we're not trying to, like, rig it for – I wouldn't say rig it, but we're not trying to, like, favor a team or something like that. But it's like everything that you've done to this point clearly points to a fact that, like, you've been – 
it might you might say you're not, but it's just like the unconscious, like the favoritism towards Alabama and those SEC teams, which is just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the unconscious stuff that gets me. Like I don't the thing that I have a problem I have no problem with them putting I truly don't have a problem with them putting Alabama number one. They they honestly are in that category. They've played well. They've got the job done. They haven't played well the parts of the year. My problem is the fact that it's yeah, they're Alabama, so if they win this game, they're number one. No. They have like that they need to earn it. Yeah, I don't I don't care what team it is at that point. And I know on paper that they're probably better than Michigan. And some people would agree with that. I'm not going to argue that. But just because it's Alabama doesn't mean they should be automatically number one. And that's that. And that's what everything has been said has made it seem like I might have some things wrong. That's fine. But please clarify that to me, because what I'm hearing is this stuff going directly to them and the SEC biased? And that's what it is. I I totally can see people saying like, oh, well, wait, they put Notre Dame in over Texas A&M. And I was like, okay. A&M also, I believe, had a couple of losses that season. So, and I think, what, what were they like? Were they had three, two or three losses that year when they were number five against Notre Dame? Yeah. Which, I mean... That's hard because they they are they they have the record and the ske- strength of schedule on those factors that they take into the decision. But I mean, here's what it all comes down to: 100. We can scrap this whole conversation if they do one thing. It's expand. That's the solution to everything. Exactly. So, I mean, I would, everybody I wants mean, it, so why would you not give it to us? Exactly. And I saw one that I figured that I would share that I thought was a really a really cool bracket put out. So this is how. A 12-team playoff would look, theoretically, this season, if the playoff were to be expanded. Alabama would be a one seed. They would have a bye to play the winner of Ole Miss and Oklahoma State at 8-9. and nine. That game would be at Ole Miss. Michigan would be number two. They'd play in the Rose Bowl against the winner of Baylor and Michigan State in Waco. What a game that would be. The Let's see. We'll go to the three seed. Georgia would play the winner of Ohio State and Utah in the Peach Bowl, and Columbus. And then Notre Dame would play the winner of, or excuse me, Cincinnati would play the winner of Notre Dame and Pitt in South Bend. So that gets you pretty much every team playoff worthy in, in my yeah, book. Exactly. You, you Pitt. Maybe you could argue against Oklahoma State. They lost. Maybe argue against that. Put in Oklahoma. Yeah, no, we're not talking about that. But the the fact of it is, is that gets in every team that is in that conversation. It may leave a couple of teams out, but it gives more teams an opportunity. And I mean, I just don't see why this isn't a legitimate option. It gets you more primetime bowl games. It gives more teams a chances. It don't tell me it doesn't bring in more money because it does. 1,000% 1,000% every marketable agency in the world would be blowing up here in this news. I don't, I don't see really, this is what college football fans need. This is what fans want. This is what fans need. Coaches might have that. Yeah. We want to work for it. You're still the top 12 teams in the country, guys. How yeah. many division one football programs are there and how yeah. many of them? It works in, killing it works to be in the playoff. It works in the, in FCS. Like, right. It's and in we've division been doing two, it for we've been and doing division it for three. Years. 
Like it's it just is crazy that like D one is so far behind and no one's actually like doing it. Like I don't know. It gets so frustrating because everybody wants it. We've seen it work in many other times. We've seen it been able to be implemented in so many different like with D two. I mean, I love that there's like four weeks of playoffs. That's like one of the best things. It's because you get to see like the best football being played. Yep. It's just so frustrating that like they're just like, no, I'm not gonna do it. Just because we don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Look at Utah and Pitt. They're playing their best football right now. Baylor, especially. Baylor's probably the number one team as far as being hot right now. Give them a chance. They might upset some teams. I would be consider concerned if they played Michigan 100 yeah. percent They're a good team. So if you give them a shot, it certainly gives it opportunity. But all we're saying here is we need clarity on the playoff and we need an expansion. The two things that we've been whining for for about two years now and still haven't gotten mm-hmm. and it's still going to be depressing. But anyway, it's going to be a fun playoff, though. I'm excited when we play Georgia, Alabama and Cincy certainly could be an interesting game, but it's going to it's going to be fun. But uh, anyway, wrapping up the show a little bit on um, the Heisman candidates were also announced. Uh, boy, what a what a list we got here. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Kenny Pickett and Aiden Bad. Hutchinson. Kenneth Walker I think, got snubbed. Kenneth Walker got snubbed. Agreed. That's, that's, that's like the only I, that's the only problem. Replace Kenny with Kenny Pickett or with Kenneth, whatever his name is, Pickett. Yeah, I saw a, a meme with uh, um, you know, the classic uh I think it's Drake and Hotline Bling, where he's yeah. like nah to Kenny Pickett, and then he's like, Yeah, to Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. I think that's I think that's the the nationwide consensus. I think it's yeah, a very it's valid snubbed. argument. So it's snubbed. really hard to leave off. And also like I noticed um, somebody that um, put on my, on social media that uh, Will Anderson also got snubbed for Alabama. So, I mean, you look at the stats, he was, he was dominating. I think he had more, I think he actually had more sacks than Hutchinson did. But at the end of the day, I don't think people realize how good Hutchinson really was outside of the stat line. I know I can attest to that because I watched him for the majority of the season where some people that were putting in against him probably didn't watch him as much. And yeah, of course we know that Kenneth Walker ran all over Hutchinson, but then all you have to say is the Ohio state game. And then it evens a playing field because we know which one played better against Ohio state. So I think it's just hard because you only have four candidates. Like just like we said with the playoff, but I mean, you can't really get too much more with the Heisman. I mean, five kind of seems fair, but I, I don't know if you really want to go down that road, but we're going to be talking snubs forever. And I don't really know anything that can change that otherwise, but Hey, at this point though, if the lions win three games and get somehow just kind of get on a really hot streak for some reason, we end up picking second, not saying I want that to happen, but if it does, Hey, I'll take Hutchinson number two. I'd take him. 100%. Yeah. Same here. Same here. It's going to, I don't know. Heisman's going to be good to watch. Excited to see who wins the whole thing. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, also, seeing Luca Garza having to put on a Michigan hat at um, the Pistons practice, thanks to a, a John Beeline, uh, a John Beeline uh, bet or friendly wager. Hilarious, and I saved that photo. So, um, what That's and funny. also, what a before we sign off, what a great gesture it was. Um, putting on the the Oxford Strong shirts, wearing the yeah. sticker. That's definitely a class act from not only them but the Detroit Lions as well. And Dan Campbell, yeah. that that was really special. And even bringing in his family, I'm sure that was a hard time for them, but. That representation, I think, brought the awareness that this this movement deserves because 
it needs to be it what needs to be spread across the country on this stuff because it was tragic. It was certainly tragic, and we need to do more to help prevent these things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but anyway, that's going to be our show today. Not to end on a somber note, but I mean, it certainly has been a great week in sports, and we hope to see you guys again here on the end of the, or the, the end of the week on our second episode. And we appreciate you guys staying with us, especially through these unorthodox this unorthodox week and uh, potentially month we'll have over remote, over break. For sure. But of course, me and Joe are bringing the fire content 1000% the rest of the oh, way because absolutely. you guys are the, because absolutely. You, you guys are the best fans in the world. And we truly believe that. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Hey, I heard we hit 100 followers on Instagram. Y'all what? are awesome. What? Y'all are Y'all are awesome. We want to keep that number growing so we can get more fan base and get this community really bumping. But thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, follow on all of our beautiful platforms. And until next time. Take care, everybody.